From the annual Longevity Forum in London, I'm Susan Flory with Dr. Lynn Cox, Professor of Biochemistry at Oxford University. Hello. Hello. So lovely to listen to your keynote. So lovely to see you again. We've met before. You're an expert in biological mechanisms of aging. You're a world leader in developing new ways of stopping cellular senescence. That's cell aging, yes? Yes, that's right. And senescence, it's a term that's widely used in your sphere. It's a term that is slightly confusing in our sphere because cell senescence is very different from senescence of the organism. So if you talk to biologists, they'll start thinking about whether an animal goes menopausal or when it stops reproducing. We're talking about cells that actually change completely. They go from being normal and happy, healthy cells to sometimes people have described them as zombie cells. They're cells that hang around doing different stuff, not dying, but actually been quite bad for you. These are the so ones that can morph into they, age-related diseases? Yeah, they, they look like they're causing a lot of age-related diseases. So over the years, um, there have been a lot of studies now showing that senescent cells, um, you get more of them as you get older. If you age prematurely, you accumulate senescent cells more quickly. And then in 2011, there was a landmark paper showing that if you remove senescent cells from aging mice, they get better which is highly suggestive that senescence is causative of a lot of age-related diseases. But where are we from the mice and removing them to humans ah. losing their zombie cells? I mean, exactly. would, you'd have to go in with what sort of mechanism would you be able to rid yourself of the zombie cells? Okay, well, there's some drugs being developed now based on the mouse studies. There's one other critical mouse study that um, showed us that they really were causative, and that's if you take senescent cells and put them into young mice, the mice develop age-related diseases very, very quickly. So taking them away is good for you, putting them in is bad for you. So we know that we've now got a model in a mammal. So using the mouse model, it's possible now to look at drugs that might be able to uh, take out senescent cells. So there's different ways of doing it. You can try and kill them or you can modify them so that they don't have all those horrible zombie properties. And what about stem cell, introduction of stem cells into the equation whereby you'd regenerate the zombies. Well, what, what's really interesting, if you take a knee joint where you've damaged the knee, anterior crucial ligament, the sort of injury that cricketers get a lot of, mm. um, the cartilage decays and then all the cells around there decay. If you do that to a mouse and then remove all the senescent cells with a drug that gets rid of the senescent cells, the cartilage regenerates. So it looks like it's giving space for the stem cells to come and repopulate the tissue to actually fix it. it actually, so you actually make new cartilage? You make new cartilage in that situation in a way that no one's seen before. So actually senescent cells appear to be preventing the regeneration. So getting rid of them might, might be sending the right signals to the stem cells that you can repair tissue. So Are, that's very, very exciting. Very exciting. Is that the most exciting thing in your field now? It, it, it's one of the most exciting. Um, to the layperson like me, it is all science fiction, <laughs> and, and it is happening. But how far away are we from mice to human trials? Okay, so the studies that were done in mice on regenerating cartilage led to a human clinical trial looking at osteoarthritis of the knee and using the drug in human knees. It's very, very early days, but they've got some data suggesting that you can actually help, uh, at least with pain, in human osteoarthritis by getting rid of senescent cells. And then there are some other studies using different types of drugs in a really nasty lung disease that is caused by cell senescence that ends up killing people in four to five years from diagnosis. 
And by removing the senescent cells there, even in a very tiny study with a short-term dosing of the drug, uh, the patients reported that they felt better, they, uh, they were much more able to walk distances, and there was some small evidence that um, the biomarkers of aging were going down in their blood. Wow. So it's an exciting time to be in the aging field. But is it going to be 30 years before these are widely available to Right. to you and I No, I don't think so. Surgery. I mean, one of the more exciting things from my perspective, I'm, I'm biased, right? So I work on one particular aspect of senescence, um, which is called mTOR signaling. And it's a pathway that seems to be central to everything that the cell makes a decision, whether it's going to grow, divide, um, whether it's got enough nutrients, um, whether it's been damaged. It's, it's essentially a go, no, go point in the cell. And if you twiddle with that one, if, if you modify the mTOR signaling, you can tell a cell to almost go backwards in time, you can rejuvenate it. So we've done this in the lab. We've, we've made old zombie cells look young again, and we've gone quite deep into that, into the proteomics level, so we can show that. Into the which? Sorry, proteomics. So all the proteins that are, are expressed in a cell, the things that, the nuts and bolts of the cell that make it work, they change back to a much younger profile um, on drug These treatment. These have massive implications for longevity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is quite exciting, and there's a colleague called Joan Manick um, who has started a company called Restore Bio, and she's using a very similar drug now in phase three clinical trials in sick elderly people so vulnerable 85 pluses with multimorbidities who never normally get included in clinical trials and there are only three phases two clinical trials right yeah before so in the final yeah, phase. so this is in the final phase and what Joan has shown both in northern and southern hemisphere in elderly vulnerable people if you treat with this mTOR inhibitor the elderly people get far less um, risk of infection from respiratory tract um, viruses and bacteria and even if they do get an infection it's much less severe so she's dropped the severity of infection by more than 50 percent that means that these sick well vulnerable elderly people don't end up in hospital with pneumonia and that for me is a huge thing because this is protecting their immune systems it's rejuvenating their ability to deal with the things that kill older people and cause ser serious harm and also it means that our hospitals will be able to do what they're good at well there's the is, there's the much vaunted longevity yes exactly i mean if, if you've got older people not getting flu, not getting pneumonia, because you've, they've had a very simple, safe drug treatment, um, then you can start dealing with the other nasty diseases like cancer, uh, all the things where it sounds horrible, but sick older people in the winter are clogging up beds in hospital, and so the hospitals are creaking at the edges about to break. If you can actually improve health in the elderly population, they themselves benefit, their families benefit, but everybody else benefits as well. Well, so, this is the pitch to the policymakers, clearly. Ab absolutely. I think this is compelling. I mean, it, we can rescue the NHS from <laughs> terminal decline, uh, and we can improve people's quality of life. We can really make things better, not just by doing the diet, the exercise, the everything else that people are talking about but in vulnerable elderly populations there are now drug treatments that help them to improve their own immune system so that they themselves can fight disease. How do we get people involved uh, you know galvanize the masses how do we do that because longevity it doesn't have the same allure I don't know yeah. what's happened with the word I mean anti-aging we've moved away from that toxic language but longevity you say it and people go no I care about the climate crisis yeah. I care about what I'm eating next week. What are you talking about living healthy for longer? Well, it's a combination of stuff. So it all interlinks. I mean, if we live healthy, we'll need to live in a healthy environment. If we behave in a healthy way, we might make our environment more healthy. They're, they're, they're very, very much interlinked. But the public perception is... 
has been based a little bit on overselling the story, the 200-year life, the 2,000-year life. And what we're actually saying is there are medicines here and now that will be in the clinic in a couple of years' time um, on the basis of these clinical trials that will make huge difference to quality of life. It may have a slight kick-on effect that you'll live a few years longer because you're not dying of pneumonia. Um, but and you'll live a quality you life. You will live a proper, healthy life that you can enjoy, you can socialize, you, you can just be active and spend time with your family. The things that really matter to people. But it's really hard to get the message out there. We've been trying to work with media. Uh, we had a project um, working to try and develop a radio drama to show people what would happen if we developed these drugs, how it would go out there into the general public. Because I think osmosis is much easier than telling people. People don't want to be told how to behave, what to do. No, they want we to work it out back. for themselves. No. Yeah, exactly. If there's so, a nanny state element to it, yeah. people just go, quit talking to me. I'm doing this because I know best. Exactly. But people are much less likely to tune into a documentary about some very dry science. They're much more likely to tune into a drama where it's real lived experience, where you can show what happens to people if they can improve their quality of life later on. Thank you so much. Okay, my pleasure. Dr. Lynn Cox, Professor of Biochemistry chemistry at Oxford University at the very leading edge of biological mechanisms of aging.